Hello and welcome to the Audiobooks All Day podcast. My name is Jeff. And I'm Kevin. And today we're going to be talking about The Boys in the Boat by Daniel Brown. This book showed us that teamwork <laughs> can help us overcome any obstacle. Sorry for laughing, but that was the 12th take. Nailed yeah. it. <laughs> Like Jeff so eloquently put, this book, Boys in, The Boys in the Boat, is by Daniel Brown. It was written in 2013. To give you a 50,000-foot overview of this book, it is about nine boys and their coach at the University of Washington learning how to row and defeating Germany and the Nazis in the 1936 Olympics. It's really, really cool. In fact, the book actually starts off with the author, Daniel Brown, meeting Joe Rance, who's really kind of the focal point of this book. Joe Rance is one of the rowers. Um, the other two main characters that we want to talk about is, forgive me if I mispronounce it, Al Ulbrichsen and George Pocock. Al Ulbrichsen was the coach of, at the University of Washington, and George Pocock is a master boat builder who he made the boats for all of the major programs at the time. And he also lived at the University of Washington and worked there. He was also kind of an assistant coach there, but not really because he didn't want to take sides. Still very, very influential on Joe Rance. So let me tell you a little bit about Joe. So Joe Rance was a boy. And so like he didn't get to college till 1933 and the depression hit in 1929. And so as growing up as a little boy, his mom died and his dad remarried a much younger woman. And this woman did not like Joe at all. She kept finding examples to push him out of the house, to have him live not in the house, and was really kind of terrible to him. I don't want to judge somebody because I don't really know her situation. I didn't know how she feel. But she was kind of a jerk to Joe. And eventually it ended up with he's 15 years old, and they just leave him on a farm. They just drive away. Yeah, they just, like, say goodbye. Yeah, like... And then he's chilling on the farm by himself. <laughs> yeah, like, literally what happens, he comes home one day and the whole car is packed up and he goes to his dad he's like where are we going and he said we're going to idaho you're staying here and like he's 15 so now he's just living there by himself and now he has to he either dies or survives and that's pretty insane because the worst thing that ever happened to me was that i got lost at disneyland as a kid for like 20 minutes and like, you know, I, I, my parents never left me on a farm, you know, it's just like, all right, survive. Maybe we'll see you later. Maybe we won't, you know, and it's really an incredible story of how he eventually gets to college. And at college, he, he joins the rowing team for the whole purpose that if you're on the collegiate team, you get a job. And it's at this point where he starts to meet the rest of the people that you interact with with this story. And just one thing, uh, Kevin really well went into Joe Rance's uh, backstory and biography, but all of these boys who were raised in the Depression had amazing life histories. They, a lot of them worked in the CCC program, which was sponsored by Franklin Delano Roosevelt to help put boys back to work. So they were out chopping lumber and you know restoring national parks they came from really small dusty towns where there was only like a hundred people all of them had their own different circumstances and all of them were essentially nobodies when they came to the university of washington and why we talked about teamwork at the very beginning 
is because you're taking these nine kids from all these different backgrounds. And keep in mind, the University of Washington, while a great place, it isn't the Ivy League rowing teams. I mean, mm-hmm. Harvard and Yale, they were the premier teams. They were right there on the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, you know, they used the Hudson River. They used all these different things, and they were the more premier programs because rowing, to be honest, is an elite style sport. It always kind of has been. It's always had that that feel of this aristocratic like nature. And all of these boys weren't aristocrats. And so they all came from all these different areas facing humongous hardships. I think Joe Rance is a great example of those. And then, you know, so now Joe Rance shows up in 1933 at the University of Washington, ready to make a difference uh, for his future life. But little does he know he's about to make a big difference in college. Yeah, when I think about the sport of rowing today, I just think about a bunch of people in sweater vests and maybe they have a pipe or a monocle pretty much the monopoly man without the mustache like a younger version of the monopoly man i don't know if he has a specific name but you know like i think of just big money and in complete honesty that was pretty much the stereotype back then too in the 1930s you kind of had to be rich because it's a sport that takes so much practice and takes a lot of finesse that really only the rich could afford it now University of Washington, like Jeff said, was unique where most of the boys really came from very, very humble circumstances, which made them stick out as it was. And then they were on the West Coast, which it was the University of Washington, Cal Berkeley, and nobody else. Well, and it's not it's not easy to train in Washington. There's a lot of storms. There's a lot of wind. Mm-hmm. And so you wind up training in very adverse conditions. There's not a lot of uh, places where they could go where there weren't waves to deal with. Yeah, and Al Ulbrichsen was really one of the the great coaches of the time, even when Joe Rance first got there. But still, even with him being such a great coach, they didn't have a lot because crew was still relatively, or rowing, I'm not sure the technical term, I think it's crew, but it was still a relatively newer sport at the University of Washington. And yet you had these Ivy League schools who have been doing it for you know almost 100 years, even at that point. You know, pretty much as long as they'd been around, they've been doing rowing. So they were at a huge, huge disadvantage just from the very beginning. So as the story progresses, really what you see is this team coming together. You see them do their tryouts. You see them uh, training hard. Uh, You see the mechanics of how important it is to be a team while rowing. There's different positions in a rowing team. Uh, Obviously, there's the people that are rowing, but then there's another person who's sitting there literally with a megaphone that's dictating your cadence, that's dictating if right or left should be pulling harder or more. Uh, They dictate everything. So what you're doing essentially is that you're following orders the entire time. It's essentially like that there's a quarterback who would be calling the plays. So like if you had a quarterback coach and then you had the rest of the team that would just kind of follow through and execute on the play. Except for the rest of the team is facing the wrong way. So you have the coach and the quarterback calling the plays, but the offensive line is turned around. And the defense, you have the linebacker who's calling the plays, but the entire defense is turned around. So, you know, you're running backwards trying to do this, and so it it just adds a whole other dimension that's even more difficult because really all you have is the word of this one person that you're doing it right. And as they, as they start to come together as a team, the coach, Al Ulbrichsen, is just changing out people. He's trying to find this great team. And through his freshman year, Joe Rance is on a team. They win nationals at, Poughkeepsie, at the Poughkeepsie Regatta. 
they win nationals and it's like oh a huge big deal this freshman team and his junior year it's kind of like well will these kids in sophomore year will these kids step up and it's this huge shuffling act till finally al Ulbrichson finds his team that does take nationals at the poughkeepsie regatta and then at the olympic trials they beat california which is the two-time defending olympic champion and they go to the olympics now, the 1936 Olympics were really special in a lot of ways. One, it was the first time that there was an Olympic opening ceremonies. Fun fact. Really? That's um, cool. Yeah. But outside of that, it was in Germany. It was in Nazi Germany at the time. Germany had done so much to try and show the world that it was A, a huge world power, and B, that it was not discriminatory. So they would take all of these measures to make sure that uh, all of the discriminatory like policies that they had put into place that they couldn't that other people couldn't see it and there's some awesome stories from this Olympics outside of the boys in the boat um, Louis Scamperini Louis Scamperini was uh, uh, an American track runner and he competed in this a lot of you may have known him from that recent movie that just came out about his life and Jesse Owens an African-American track runner also competed in one gold and set a world record so it was a really, really impactful Olympics. It was also the last one until 12 years later. So there was a lot riding on this Olympics from a historical perspective, even though they didn't know it at the time. Yeah. And Germany, it talks about throughout the book, it talks about Germany and all the money and time and effort that put into these Olympics to say, just it, all they wanted to show is, hey, we're nice guys, but we could kill all of you. We're not discriminatory, but we're better than you. And they tried to do it. And in complete honesty, at the time, it really was a masterful job in how they did it. I'm not saying anything they did was right. Of course not. But they really did it about as well as a world power has ever done something like that. And the fact that the United States and so many other countries could have such amazing stories is really, really cool. And how you have these nine boys from Washington. They come and they win on the world's biggest stage in a sport where they're not supposed to be winning from a background where they're not supposed to even be in the sport. And it really is such an awesome story, like we said at the beginning, of how teamwork, when you come together, they were over to, able to overcome such huge obstacles. Yeah, so I think my biggest takeaway is that, is, is I guess a pretty obvious one that I suppose we could all take away, is that it doesn't really matter your background. If you work super hard and you are a team player, you can accomplish great things. I'm sure that these boys, when they first joined the rowing team, didn't think that they would be going to the Olympics. But the fact that they just kept working hard and then they saw more and more horizons open for them and they took advantage of those opportunities, I think is super inspirational. Mm -hmm. This book really is an amazing one. And when I first decided that I was going to read a book, I was really skeptical reading a book about, about rowing because I don't know anything about rowing. And in all honesty, rowing, in, as far as I'm concerned, hasn't impacted my life at all. I've never seen you know, even in real life, I've never seen a crew team rowing, but it was an amazing book and it was really, really cool to see this part of our history. We definitely recommend this book. And like Jeff, it's just a wonderful, like Jeff said, it's a wonderful example of how teamwork, when you're working together and you're working hard, that you can overcome immense obstacles. We love this book and we highly recommend it. And we just want to remind all of you to go out there and live your story. Thanks for joining us. Thank you.